They say love is patient, they say love is kind Marriage on the other hand takes those things plus wine Spousing is a journey, not for the faint of heart Being married to a human is a science and an art How are you? I am sunburnt. How are you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I have, I'm wonderful. I've got, um, I mean, it's, I feel like I say this every week, but like I make our podcasting time kind of like a sacred break for me. So I, yet again, I'm sitting on my hammock, enjoying some nice weather, talking to my best friend over the internet. Things are good. So it's good. Yeah. yeah. I am so jazzed for today's episode. I cannot wait. This is something that I know you've been really excited about and that I don't have a lot of, I mean, I know the general, but I don't have a lot of information about. So I'm very yeah. jazzed well, we, to hear. We alluded to this a little bit last week. We're going to talk about um, like one of the Gottman catchphrases, um, the concept of accepting your partner's influence, which everybody seems to think that this is like a really straightforward concept. And I was like looking for a concrete definition of what that means everywhere and Evidently, like nobody feels the need to give me a concrete definition because I guess accepting your partner's influence just is self-explanatory. Do you know what I mean when I say that? I do. Um, what do you but think? What, what if we? Yeah. What if we tried to create a definition? Because I think we understand. Oh, I did. I came up with mine. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I'm curious so, about like. Let's do it together. Okay. So I think accepting your partner, uh, accepting your partner's influence means there's definitely a piece of this that is understanding that you're not, like you are not right and good and perfect all the time and uh-huh. that there is space for you to be changed and molded uh-huh oh my gosh do you work for the Gottman Institute you're like God, I wish steps ahead okay this is my I love your definition but we're gonna put a pin in that because you're basically this is that should have had a spoiler alert oh sorry yeah also side note listeners I am really aware of the fact that I um sound sick I am not sick I just sound sick uh, I lose my voice pretty easily because I'm a loud talker and that happens. So uh, <laughs> forgive me. So this is the definition that I came up with. I said, basically, it's just rolling with it. It's seeing your partner's perspective, hearing their concerns with a generous heart and responding as if you respect them and value their needs. Okay. So, so there's what, three parts to that. It is. So it's it's seeing things from their perspective. And, and this is the definition I came up with after reading like 75 articles that never gave me a definition. Okay. It's, and I'll read you, I'll read you a concrete example to kind of help you understand a little bit better, but it's seeing your partner's perspective. So, so seeing things, seeing things through their lens, even if you don't agree with how they see it, it's being able to see it from their perspective, hearing their concerns but not just hearing their concerns, it's hearing their concerns with a, I put in with a generous heart, which sounds like such a goofy thing to say, but what I really mean is like giving them the benefit of the doubt and, yeah. and uh, respecting their feelings and then responding as if you respect them and their needs. So again, none of that is about agreeing with your partner or saying that they're right or saying that they're wrong. All of that is just about to me, it's just like respect Le- them and le- legitimize. <laughs> yeah, legitimize, legitimize, honor, respect. It's like the vows. And so, the words of Julie Gottman on some episode that we've done previously, she says that it just—it's along the lines of saying, "When when you're hurting, the world stops, and I'm here for you, baby. Even if I think what you're hurting oof. about is not is not like if I don't get it, that doesn't factor in." 
Okay, that is the basic point of it's not only that, but it's when we're, it's it's when if we go back to the yes dear phenomenon, it's not that right. It's about genuinely partnering. So it's not just when your partner is hurting. It's also when they're annoyed or angry or irritated or mm-hmm. quote unquote nagging you. It's when you are triggered by your partner's request. Not when you are concerned for them, but when you're triggered by your partner's request, it's making the effort to partner with them instead of just ceding your power or trying to hold the power. Does that make sense? It's when you're trying to... So, okay, so it, it, that just sounds like uh, communicating in times of resistance, in times of some sort of resistance. It's not just yes. communicating, but it's also... It's also seeing and honoring their needs and sometimes choosing to see and honor their needs even if you don't agree. So let me give you an example of this. Um, I have to make this a little bit more concrete and then see if what, what you think after that. Mm-hmm. This is from an article from Medium, which just like, I mean, basically everything on Medium, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. But I, this woman is a, um, she's a PsyD, so she's a psychologist. And I found this to be a really good example. So she gives the script of what this might sound like. Um, wife, for the past three nights, I've had to clean off the mail and you, that you've put on the dining room table in order to set the table for dinner. I'm glad that you sort the mail, but geez, can you please put it somewhere else other than the table? How about the stairs? Husband, oh, I'm sorry, honey. Yeah, I keep doing that. And you do keep reminding me. You've moved it for me again. Thank you. I'll put it on the stairs. Wife, yeah, and hey, you can count the extra steps towards your workout. Husband, yeah, I'll run back and forth carrying one piece at a time. Wife, yep, and I'll be at the finish line cheering you on. She says, it's not Ozzy and Harriet. It's two people handling the annoyance of having to live together with grace and good humor. It's mm-hmm. a stance, an attitude, when a, when a partner hears another partner's complaint and responds as if they care. So this is all accepting your partner's influence. It all falls under that all same umbrella. All of it. Mm-hmm. And to me, I like it's all under the accepting each other's influence. And to me... It just seems like respect, but I think that they had to put a name on what this is because when Gottman did his famous study where he studied the physiological responses in couples, he found that there was a specific thing that they would do that contributed to being happier, and this is called yielding to win. So literally just letting your partner win, even though you could defend yourself, you... and. In that situation, you could easily see a, a partner saying, like, I mean, yeah, but I'm going through the mail, but, like, I don't really have enough time. I'm just running through the mail on my way to the next room. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, stop nagging me. Right? Mm-hmm. That's defensive. That's an option. That's, mm-hmm. It is an option. And, in fact, it's a very common option that when Gottman did this study in the 90s, he found that 65% of straight, cis, heter- well, straight and heterosexual mean the same thing. Straight, cis men do this they are defensive instead of accepting their partner's influence and so that's why i think that instead of just calling it respect he they named it and then he was able to find like he was able to actually track this behavior and found that 81 percent of couples that didn't engage both either partner but 81 percent of couples that didn't engage in this ended up divorced this is one of the biggest wow. parts of it so any of this, six, yeah 65 percent of the couples of men did this, and 80-something percent of the couples that didn't do it got divorced. Yes. So it's, like, up there pretty close to those four horsemen. It is. And if you think about it, the four horsemen are, like, attitudinal stances that you take right. if you are and not accepting behavior. their influence. 
Well, mm-hmm. yeah, this is the behavior, and those are the attitude, the attitudes that you take with that behavior, right? So if I'm resisting your influence, I'm probably going to be defensive or maybe critical or um, contemptuous, or I might just ignore you, right? So you could say it's resisting influence, I think, or and I would want to check with a Gottman therapist about this, but you could say that it's resisting influence, or you could say that it's like... Um, Engaging in the four horsemen. I mean, I can't right. imagine a time when I have not accepted Mark's influence where I was not, you know, defensive or resistant or stonewalling. And I think in that mail on the kitchen table example, there's there's a if that person there's a way to respond that says, like, even to push this to the the extreme, there's a way to respond that says, "Hey, I'm not going to be able to make this change because of factor X." But and I don't know. That's a silly example not but that you're still seeing their perspective and hearing it yes and and to be able to respond that way without being contentious or contemptuous contemptful yeah contemptuous contemptuous you were halfway there (laughs) with both of those words oh yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so well the first thing i said was contentious and then i was like well this is more or more being for more contempt yeah you also really don't want to be contentious either i mean we can avoid that and so there are certain situations where it's easy to yield to your partner, right? But what are some of the areas where you guys have bumped up against yielding? Yeah, I think right now the thing that's that's coming to mind, we talked about this a little bit last week, that there's good way A to do something and good way B. Mm-hmm. And so like right now, Caitlin is on the job search and there are ways that she does things and ways that I would do things and they're different. Ultimately, it's her decision. Her job is going to be her decision, but it's um, something that she wants my influence, not my final word, but like my influence um, when she's taking all these factors into consideration. And so I know that she'll like comment and ask, like ask me for like, hey, what do you think about this? How do you feel about this option compared to this one? Um, and we'll talk about it. And so then I assume that's our pattern. And sometimes she just wants to give me information, but I still think that we're in the conversational pattern of her looking for my advice or my, and so I'll, I'll be like, oh, did you think about doing this? What did I say today? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, they, it was like a, a licensing thing going on, and she, and they, she, they called her and said, hey, they, we need this item, and they said they already sent it, but we don't have it, and so she called them and made sure that they had it, and then I was like, oh, you should go back and talk to Party A and make sure they received it, and it caused like a friction issue because she was like, I've already done that. Why would? Uh. And she took it as a why would you assume that that I hadn't type mm-hmm. of thing. But we had a good, it was a good moment because we were able to, I was like, whoa, I feel like this became very contentious very quickly. I didn't, and and the way she, what she said is she needs me to ask it at a, like a question, at that harsh startup thing. Yeah. Like just going into it and saying, hey, are you, you know, um, have you thought about this or have you been able to or what would you think about rather than being like, oh, you should do this. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting that like it's, um, it's about the approach, right? You gotta have to. You have to. Have, have you ever heard anybody say that you have to like approach people with your palm out, like you would like an animal, mm. right? You have to come to be no, with I your haven't palm heard out. Say that. Well, and you never want to like dehumanize people, but I. It's a nice. It's when you think about with a new dog that you're meeting, and you or if you if you might be approaching somebody with something that um, they might be defensive about, you approach with your palm out, right? With the the light startup. Yeah. The question, and it's also in that way. You're starting off from a perspective of, I am willing to see your perspective, right? I am willing to partner with you on this genuinely, as opposed to get contentious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think about um, 
I was listening to Karen and Georgia on their book talk today, and Georgia was talking about how her um, therapist told her that she worships at the altar of doubt. Which this I really is my favorite murder, by the way, listeners. Oh, <laughs> I think they know. Actually, I yes. and I'm also, yeah, no, yeah. Um, I just, I, well, I was thinking about that, and then it, that makes me think about. Um, Sometimes when you're communicating, when you're having issues communicating, there are maybe seeds of things that you don't want to lay on the table. Uh-huh. And those are the things you're trying to kind of skirt around. But in my mm-hmm. life, in my marriage, I think a lot of those things are, those are seeds of doubt. And mm-hmm. I think coming a- and being aware of that and realizing like, hey, so many, you know, this person that I'm married to is completely capable and I wouldn't have married them if they weren't. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, like I, I could have doubted that this form was going to get where it needed to go, or I could just be understand that my partner is is the person that I married, and and go into it thinking like, hey, I'm going to assume that you've already d- done this, but let's go ahead and communicate it, about it anyway, rather than worshiping the altar of doubt. So it's interesting to me to think about like where the emotional headspace is at any kind of conversation related to. Um, related to trying to persuade or influence your partner, one of the things that we talk about at my job is like vulnerability factors. So like if you are in an anxious headspace or if you are feeling like you're not very knowledgeable about something, like you can bring, um, yeah, you can just bring a really, that's when you can have the harsh startup. That's when when accepting the influence can be um, something that you have to consciously choose to do. You know what I mean? And yielding to win this idea of, Adopting the idea that if if one of you is winning, neither of you is winning is is core to that. Let me give you a little bit more about what yielding to win means. This is, um, I think, like one of the most convincing pieces of encouragement that I've gotten from the Gottman Institute about like basically just chilling out. <laughs> the reality is, is that five or 10 or 50 years from now, you're not going to look very much like you do now. It's not just that your hair will be grayer. You will have changed the way that you think about money and politics and personal relationships. Ideally, you will become wiser, kinder, more generous, but this will not happen naturally. It will happen through testing. You may, or the test may take the form of addiction, bankruptcy, cancer, or threat of divorce. You may be tested with an inability to have children. You will definitely be tested by actually having children. You will be on opposite sides of these and many other issues throughout the lifespan of your relationship. If you do not allow yourselves to influence one another, the test will win and your relationship will lose. By making accepting influence part of your initial contract, you can achieve mastery over your test together. The best way to do this is to adopt the notion of yield to win. Remember that if one of you is winning, then both of you are losing. The notion of yielding to win suggests that both partners, and thus the relationship, can yield or accept influence. And that reminds me so much of what we were talking about. Yeah, I really, really like that. And I think I really firmly believe that, like in my soul. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just, I think, and that's what I talk about when we're always, you know, you and I call ourselves newly Ishwids. I still Mm -hmm. think of ourselves in the infancy of our marriages and in our relationship. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, I, I have been really trying, we've been working hard as a team to try to understand, like, how do we communicate? And we've gotten so much better. And one of our favorite games to play is, like, look how, um, look how, uh, look how okay we are at it now and imagine how great we're going to be at this when we're 60. Yes, 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 yes. And one of the things that you always tell me is that, um, is that, well, we always talk about on here, like, our motto is it's a long marriage. 
Um, yeah. And that, to me, the idea that marriage is our greatest, like, growth incubator, that we can, that it is a safe container in which we can become the best individuals that we can be and the best, like, couple that we can be um, is a very... I don't know. It's a really good mindset. And I think it's convincing because not to bring it back to gender. And I know this is like a big thing, but it is the reality of my marriage. And I guess in, in the course of this conversation, I guess I am really realizing that like, I guess I attribute a lot of the challenges in my relationship to the, our social, our different socialization. But for me, if I was in Mark's shoes and I was having a hard time accepting influence because I was afraid of some construct that I wanted to meet, I would feel like, you know what, this would be a really sobering thing to hear. You know what, this is actually what I think marriage is. And if I could have, like, honestly, in hindsight, if I could have included this idea in my vows, I would have. Because the whole point of marriage is not to have some kind of power dynamic. It's not to have some kind of, like, like struggle between the two people, a, a power struggle during a fight. It's to have the opportunity to grow into better people, you know? Yeah. And sometimes losing the battle to win the war is not about letting go of what you want in order to not in order to avoid conflict. It's letting go of what your ego wants in order to have a better and a better and more fulfilling life, you know? Yeah, and I think as people you and I have talked about before how we both uh, when we go get into arguments, we both tend to, with our spouses, we both tend to win. We're both people who, like, are good at putting thoughts together. We're debaters. We're self-aware. <laughs> we're debaters. And we both tend to, like, quote-unquote, win the argument. Mark will sometimes say, stop trying to act smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, right. And, like, I think uh, uh, something I've been learning about myself as we've been going through this is that I don't actually feel any better when I win. I do not at all. I feel so much better when I can do, like, in that example and joke and be like, Ugh, you know what? You have been doing this for me. I'm trying to think about, like, Mark just freaking did this the other night, and, like, I must have lost some... Oh, you know what? I left... This is the type of thing that will drive Mark Bingaman up the damn wall, is that I left my water bottle at a pottery studio where I took a pottery class. I think I talked about this in the last episode. I was very brave, and I went to a pottery class by myself, but I left my water bottle there, and I have not gone back to get it, because it's quite out of my way, but I've been kind of like experiencing negative consequences of not drinking enough water because of that yeah. and this is driving my husband nuts and the other night I, I was talking about it and he made a joke and he was like ah classic Katie he's like you know you're gonna need to get over there and I'll be mad if you buy a new water bottle right and I was like <laughs> yep and like I I absolutely could have and might have in the moment been like you know what? I'll do whatever I want. You know, like I will get a new bottle, water bottle if I need to. My time is money and like it's not that expensive. So you need to chill. I have absolutely reacted like that in my past. Right. But it's, I do not feel good if I do that. I don't feel good. <laughs> right. And how, because you can win the fight or you can fix the issue. I can you win the fight I mean? or I can win my marriage, you know? Right. <laughs> and like, and by winning your marriage, you're going to, you're going to know how to do these things better. There are certain boundaries that you as, and like, that's one of Mark's boundaries is like, I'm not going to, we're not going to buy a new thing just because you don't feel like going to pick up the old thing that you left. We already like, own a thing. It's just over there. <laughs> it's over there. Right. <laughs> Go and get he, the he, thing. <laughs> and he's being firm about that boundary and you're learning it so that this time, the next time this isn't going to like, this could have been a big issue. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's my 
holding a boundary and being firm about it but being lighthearted requires you to believe that the other person is on your team and one of our mantras these days that mark told me he picked it up from me but i am like so touched that he i I guess that he did but i'm so touched that he's using it that i feel like i'm picking it up from him um which is i think a good lesson note to self um but he frequently says to me now i'm not your enemy here i am on your team we're on the same side i love and that. i love it because it it softens me immediately and it doesn't soften me when if he screams it but you i just don't think you can scream that like yeah, you you, you just have to say it soft when you say it's a gentle thing to say and it softens me immediately again back to co-regulating that's literally mm-hmm. physically soothing both of our systems and also it reminds me of the truth that he is my partner and that we are teaming together. And I think I, I really used that with him because sometimes I feel like he's treating me as if this is how he should treat a wife versus, and, and I will say, hey, I'm on your team here. I'm partnering with you. Like we're on the same side. And right. he then shifts into treating me like his friend and his partner. And right. that to me is like, it's super it's just a shift a palpable shift i can feel do you have anything like that in your relationship like anything that you use to de-escalate or like get on the same um, page let me think about it but first i i have had a lot of success with that same verbiage in parent teacher conferences ah making sure that they understand like hey you know i you know a lot of parents come in very defensive and, mm-hmm. and letting them know hey i truly believe that together we can we can make six like we can make the give your kid the best chance at success uh-huh. and you and I are you know and I will always tell them like hey the, your child has great team on their side because mm. a parent coming in and giving their time to like talk to me is a baseline like that shows it that they really care about their kid yeah and, and it helps de-escalate the situation and then we can actually get to the nitty-gritty of what's going on what are we doing and how you know how do we move forward yeah and you can even that's so great that you were talking about that because it reminded me of something I literally did today at work where I had a patient a patient's relative and me and the patient was having some suicidal ideation that was that was pretty serious and um one of the things that I was kept emphasizing to make sure that we were keeping the, the part of her that was in distress and the part of her that was in, in crisis um, in the place where it needed to be and then the, the part of her that wanted to make, uh, that wanted to keep going and the place where it needed to be was we were saying, it's me, your mom, and you against these thoughts. It's yes. all three of us yes. against these thoughts. We need to... I like that. So, and that to me, I got her on board that if the thoughts come, she can say, oh, the thoughts are here. I need to tell my mom. I need my mom. I need my mom's help. And right. so, yeah, it's... And so we can use this not only with our part... It's, it's externalizing the problem and either partnering with yourself or partnering with your family member or partnering with your spouse. It just reminds you where the connection actually is. It's not right. to your case. It's not to your ego. It's to each other. Right. I um, I think I use this a lot with Caitlin. We talk. Okay, so I don't know if this is one of the if this is a problem that I, that we create. I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg situation because mm-hmm. I have and I've mentioned before. Oh, which also backing it up a, a step. We one of our like espousing um, constitutional amendments is that what what you do for your marriage is good for almost every relationship, professional, friend, otherwise in your life. Like, what do you do for your marriage that you don't do your for your house plants? This yeah. is one of those things that we keep coming back to. Yeah. Um, okay. So Caitlin and I use this a lot because I struggle when she is upset or experiencing stress. I struggle with being 
in the river, so to speak, and, yeah. and having all those things and being able to separate myself and understand this is a stressful thing that Kaylin is experiencing or she's upset and this is not at me or about me. Right. Now, one of the reasons I struggle with that is because quite often Caitlin does <laughs> as some as is, is a pretty normal thing to do pin things that are not my fault onto me because I'm the closest thing around. Yep. You know, I'm the closest, most person, intimate personal relationship. And yep. so we've been able to kind of turn that into a joke too and be like, you know, if she's upset at something, I'm like, you know, well, I'm not in charge of like the cable bill or the weather or whatever it is. Like I, I actually don't run that thing. Like this is not actually about me. And, and <laughs> that. It um, is. You're using, you're bringing humor in it and it deescalates and diffuses exactly, the situation. Which is something I learned to do from Caitlin because her family does that. That's how they communicate. And they're, oh. yeah, and they're really good at being like, you know, if somebody's being frustrated, like, has, is explaining some dis- difficult, frustrating behavior. If Caitlin's dad is being stubborn, which, spoiler alert, he's always being stubborn and I love him dearly, but he's just very, that's where Caitlin gets it from. He's very set in his ways and he likes his things just so. Yeah, I would say that he's, um, he knows himself quite well and has good boundaries. Yeah, well, he knows himself. <laughs> Let's I, it. Yeah, I don't think he knows himself super well because he, the, the example I'm thinking of is that, he always likes to tell his family, like, you can be the oak or you can be the willow. And the oak is, like, going to get snapped down in a storm because it's too rigid, too, like, uh-huh. firm set in its ways. Or you can be the willow that just sways with the wind. Such do as he I says, not as he be, does. He says, I choose to be the willow. And I've heard Caitlin's mom, like, turn to him and be like, you are the oak. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they all laugh about it because, and he, like, kind of laughs about it, too. Like, he, you know. But that's the way that they communicate. They're very jovial and joking with each other. And she's learned to, she is really good at de-escalating tension in my family because we joke all the time. And the only time we're not joking is when we're like fighting. And so Caitlin is really good at inserting that thing that kind of diffuses, that that gives everyone an out to back out. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it also, it also maintains that like clear blue sky of love. You know, it it reminds you that, um, I, I know a lot of people, Gretchen Rubin, like, has this, like, hard and fast rule against teasing, against teasing. like, as if, it is, as if it is, like, a rule of life, and I, like, that's actually when I started to be like, all right, Gretchen, like, yeah. en- enough of your rules, enough of the black and white thinking, uh, because for me, teasing has been one of the most healing things in my entire life. There is a difference between teasing and bullying, and the difference is love and trust, and also the willingness to back off if it's gone too far. But I, like, to me, the fact that my parents teased me, my best friends make fun of me constantly, it, it helps me to take myself less seriously, truly. And right. I, but it's because I trust them. So if Mark will say something like, classic Katie, it, like, I don't feel criticized. I can laugh at myself. And I well, know that he is still loving me. Well, also, it helps you feel known and seen. Like, he's got to do this thing. Exactly. I actually feel really loved when people tease me. And when you're not feeling... Yeah, I do, too. And I think when, you know... We're when teasers, you can see yourself you as a morphable, fallible thing... Um, it gives you space to learn and grow and be better because if you're if you're the kind of person who can't be teased because you believe so so 100% firmly in every one of your methods and and rhythms then you're not giving anyone any space to to make suggestions or changes that those kinds of things that can happen when there's like i don't know yeah. like i i it has taken me a long time to realize like this this thing that i do where i lose everything that's that's a solvable problem <laughs> and, uh-huh. and, and like that's something that comes from teasing that like like Caitlin will just be like I don't understand like how does this happen to you 
Like today she put the sunscreen in my hand and I somehow still managed to not bring it to work. And uh-huh. now I have a sunburn. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, bless my husband for, I mean, I make fun of myself and I think that if I make fun of myself for things, it reminds him to not be so, so annoyed at stuff. Um, like, so I, I have, I'm clinically diagnosed with ADHD. I don't know if I've talked about that on this podcast before because um, it is a big part of my life and there. Believe it or not, y'all, there are many books written about, like, how to be married to a person with ADHD because we are maddening. Um, And luckily, I'm not so maddening anymore because I'm really medicated. But, you know, ask some other people before that knew me in the land before medication about what I used to be like. And it was not pretty. And even now, I like to go on medication vacations. And also, there are periods in my day where my meds wear off. So if I am forgetting something, what did I do? Oh, the other day, I decided that I wanted to take off my earrings and so I took off one earring and put it down and put it down where I put my earrings and then I got distracted by something and walked away and then later I saw myself in the mirror and panicked that I lost an earring <laughs> and this if I can't laugh at that you know like I have to set the tone of humor about this in my house because I have to set the tone of acceptance right like I'm gonna I'm like swear alert I'm a fuck up like I am I'm going to always be a fuck up and that's I have no shame about that I think the secret to life is that everyone's a fuck up and we just have to be kind and gentle with each other and ourselves and like my most effective team at work we we um we were a grade level team and we called each other idiots because we we knew we were like hey you can be on the third grade team because we're idiots but like the, the undertone was we're idiots but we always get everything done yeah but like occasionally we're gonna like run 40 copies of the wrong thing and then like you're gonna have to go to the next teacher over to like yeah the paper that you need. and like that's just and just little things like that. And it's like, you know what? There's space to make mistakes here. There are. And in a marriage, it reminds me also of my old boss. Like, there was not much good about him. But one of my favorite things that he would say is that when he would have to really criticize one of our one of our clients, and our clients were on parole for committing really bad crimes, and so we would often feel not great about their behavior and he would call them raging goofballs and I was just like I that is a favorite of mine and I am Uh, for sure a raging goofball oh yeah Um, for sure but that reminds me like the acceptance it reminds me again just to loop back to what the Gottman said about like seeing your marriage seeing yielding as yielding to win as if you have if you have to start from a place of being like individual about it like it's good for you it's that if we can just accept that we're not perfect mm-hmm. and that we married our partner because we chose them not just because somebody that we could tolerate in our lives but like somebody that we could be um I don't know, pushed by and challenged by, mm. then when we are yielding, it is possible we, that we do not see it now, but it is possible that we are growing into our best selves, you know? I and super agree with that. I, Mar- I chose Mark to be a teacher of mine, and he chose me to be a teacher of his. And you know what? When I step back and think about it, Mark is not great at accepting my... It feels like he's not great at accepting my influence in the moment because I think that his first impulse is to be... Like, his first impulse is to kind of push back. But he, like, often tells me how much he has learned from me. And, and that, he has. And he has. And do you think I've learned from him other than oh just, Oh, my God. Like, that's what I, Well, the reason I chuckled is because that's also exactly what you do. Mm-hmm. Your first impulse is always to push back. And you guys are kind of similar <sighs> in that regard. Well, and that's why I think that... 
we are like we're doing really well recently and the thing that we're doing really well at is starting with this is and but we don't we don't have to work to accept each other's influence if we remember that we if we say the thing i'm on your team i'm on your side i'm on your team right. i'm on your side you know and that is like and when i say we're doing really well i don't mean like I mean, we're both working, we're both working really hard. <laughs> like we're doing yeah. the work right now. And that to me is doing well. If both of us are doing the work, that to me is like, we're doing real well. But I like that shit because I'm a therapist. So yeah. <laughs> hard well, work is my fun. Brother, my brother and his wife celebrated seven years um, of marriage. Have, I, is it been I seven years? Can you believe? Yes, Katie. Can I you cannot believe, believe I cannot. So I asked, I asked them at lunch, what did they, what had they learned in, uh, in their marriages? Um, and my brother said, he said, pick somebody you can grow with. Mm. And I really like that. And they have grown a lot together. Yeah. I mean, you were going to grow. I mean, hopefully you would grow individually. But the, the, you you more than double how yeah. you grow. Yeah. And you have to be willing to see. If I was around somebody, like, think about the other people whose influence you accept. You're, like, I easily and readily accept the influence of my supervisor randy he is the i can't believe i have not talked about randy on this podcast i easily and readily accept the influence of him because i think he is awesome i respect him i think his views are amazing he challenges me he makes me feel safe when he disagrees with me and when he tells me that he thinks i'm wrong i easily and readily accept the influence of my friend alex's aunt diane because i think i like i think that she is the shit i just love her and if we think that about our partners, we will easily and readily accept their influence, right? Like, yes, you, your partner and my partner are both amazing with a lot of things to teach us. And it is really possible that they have better perspectives on things than us, even if we can't see it in the moment. And if we accept their influence in the long run, we will yield to win. Um, I'm just keeping an eye on time. And I had this really fun idea and I wanted to do it with you. Um, yes, ma'am. The Gottman blog has a quiz a literal quiz like on buzzfeed but it is evidence-based about whether or not you accept your partner's influence and i really want to do the quiz with you i really want to see if uh you and Let's caitlin accept each other okay so i'm gonna quiz you about whether or not you accept you and caitlin accept each other's influence okay all right true or false all of these are true or false my partner is really interested in my opinions and on our basic issues yes true true I usually learn a lot from my partner, even when we disagree. <laughs> yes, true. True? Yes. Do, can you think of something that you learned from her, even when you disagreed? Um, I'm just curious I, about a time I, when you were like, I was wrong. It's <laughs> like, it's literally everything. The other day she said, you were really, she told me, you were really good at doing big, really hard things, and you were terrible at doing small and easy things. <laughs> this is a very true fact about you. Yes. She got you pinned, girl. <laughs> it's like she's married to you or something. I know. <laughs> That's so funny. Mark, this weekend, <laughs> I had to go to D.C. this past weekend, and as our listeners know, um, I hate talking about routes and routes. I hate talking about uh, routes and maps oh my God, and whatever. Yes. Um, and this weekend, um, I, we also are at the very limit of our of our data plan right now, and so we're on a, like a data freeze. And so, if I was going to drive down to DC, I needed to make sure that I knew how to get there oh, by heart. No. Yeah, and so I figured out the way I wanted to go, but then the morning of, Mark made me go over the route. Oh. And I was so annoyed. But you know what? When I got to DC, and God bless um, Alex's sister, uh, her boyfriend, God bless Mitch, 
who told me, you need to text Mark and say thank you for this. Because when I got there, I was so grateful that he had made me go over the route because I did not, I would have just thought, oh, I need to get on, I need to get on 650 or whatever the road is. But I did not know that 650 went east-west. I thought it went north-south. So I would have been real confused. And it was because of him that I got there on safely. Okay. Oh, yes. Accepting influence, although I did not accept his influence in the moment, but in hindsight, I should have. Yeah. Uh, I, true or false? I want my partner to feel... True or false? In the moment, I want my partner to feel that what they're saying really counts with me. Um, I'm not going to... I want to back it up a step and say there's no statute of limitations on accepting your partner's influence because marriage is long and... Uh, it is. Um, or apologizing. True yes. True or false? In the moment. Wait. I also, I just, came up with, I just came up with a little idea for like a motto about that. We should... Instead of saying, I told you so, we should really make it a practice to say, you told me so. Right? Like... <laughs> I love it. Yeah, like, thank you for your help. I'll make sure to help listen to you in the future. And, oh, and, and how for much me, better it's very rewarding. Feel? It feels how good to say it, and it feels really rewarding to hear it. Exactly. You told if me you so. hear it from your partner, that is, oh, I, love, oh, I like that. Okay. I know. I can, already, I can see your Instagram post already. Uh-huh. Um, true or false, in the moment, when you're actually in a contentious negotiation, I want my partner to feel that what they say really counts with me. True. True. Would you say the majority of time true? Yes. I would say the majority of the time true. Not 100% of the time. Right. When you're not present and when when I'm being, yeah, when I'm trying to argue for the sake of arguing, then I just want to be right. Yep. But, yeah. But I think ultimately there's a piece of me that's like, unless she feels heard, uh, we'll never get to the end of this, you know? Right. And the idea is that to me, I think that the reason I added in the moment because I think that generally for both of us we will always say yes but the idea is that it doesn't matter what you it doesn't matter what you say you believe it matters how you act <laughs> like how you, a lot of people say I believe that you should always treat people with respect and then don't always treat people with respect so yeah. I that's why I want to go with in the moment so yes in, in the, moment. the moment when you're in that negotiation you prioritize making Caitlin feel influential hmm I think I, that's, a, I'll give that one a false because I think I could do that much better. Okay, yeah, and so we'll go with, like, I'm sure that you do this a lot better than a lot of people, but we'll go with generally, generally 50% that's up or down. That's an area of growth, Over, I under. Feel. Good. So if it's an area of growth, we'll put false. Um, in the moment, you feel that you can, or you can listen to your partner, but only up to a point. Uh, no. True. No. I mean, tr- false. False. That's false. I could listen to my partner for a long time. I know, the the perspective of these questions got tricky on us. Yeah, it did. Caitlin has a lot of basic common sense. Yes. True. True. Um, you try to communicate respect even during your disagreements. Oh, my God, I'll answer that for you. True. I've never heard you be disrespectful even when you really hate, like, even when you oh, truly hate that. someone in your heart. I've, <laughs> I've never seen you lose control of your respect ever. Um <laughs> True or false? If I keep trying to convince my partner, I will eventually win out. Uh, false. Mm, I think that's true for me. Like, I think that not, that's not how I would say it, but there is a part of me that thinks that if I keep trying to convince, I'll win. And in, now that I'm talking about it or now that I'm thinking about it out loud, I think that what I'm trying to do is like wear, wear somebody down. Like if I have an opinion that I'm pretty married to, um, I think that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oof, moment of insight. Mm-hmm. Um, in the moment, you tend to not reject her opinions out of hand. You tend to give them an honest listen. Yes, okay. true. 
Um, my partner is not rational enough to take seriously when we discuss our issues. <laughs> False. Yeah, that would be Sheesh. a really, yeah. That'd be a four horseman answer. It would be a four horseman answer, but I also have heard a lot of the men in my life describe their partners as irrational. So I would, mm. I'm not surprised about that. Um, I believe, true or false, I believe in lots of give and take in our discussions. Yes. Yeah. I'm very, true. you and I feel yucky when we don't have give and take. It makes us feel yeah. yucky right away. Yes. Um, true or false, I am very persuasive and can usually win arguments with my partner. <laughs> Dang it, it's true. I know. I think, see, that's you and me. And I don't know if it's wearing down, because I, now I think that maybe I actually am just wearing him down, but in the moment I feel like I've persuaded him, yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's, yeah, oof, I got to take a look at that. Um, true or false, my partner usually has good ideas. True. Yeah, I think so too. I like her ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True or false, my partner is a great help as a problem solver. Yes, True. True or false, I try to listen respectfully. I try to listen respectfully, even when I disagree. True. This is hard for me only if I feel like, only if there's been a harsh startup. If there's been a harsh startup, it's extremely challenging for me to listen respectfully because then I get right into being like, this isn't respectful. Um, mm. But if there's a soft startup, I, do, I try very hard to listen respectfully. Yeah, I, for me, I, mean, I soft, think yeah, I soft. just genuinely, I am, well, we don't agree on something. I am genuinely curious. Like I need to. I, I, I genuinely don't understand. So because mm. we're so we're generally really in sync about a lot of things. And such an interesting area of like to explore when you don't agree. You know? Yeah, because because I know I married a reasonable person, and I think that it's funny. Also, I think a lot of the times she hasn't she hasn't examined the the reason that she she has she's really intuitive, and so she has her belief and like this is the way th this thing is, and I'm like. And when I question her on the but why, like if I say, do you want to do activity X? And she's like, no. And then I ask her, like, why? She's gotten really good at, like, thinking about it and being like, hmm, I don't want to do it because. And then come and uh. being able to explain. And then once she's explained it, I've gotten a lot better at being like, okay. Do you think that, do she, that she's gotten better at it because she started to see that when you're asking her, you're asking for understanding, not to criticize um, I think I think it goes both ways. I think I probably used to be asking to criticize, and now I'm understanding. Asking to understand. That, yeah, because I'm understanding that the things that I benefit from of her personality are like the the calming piece that she brings are also the same kinds of like those are the things that we tend to bump up against when I want to do a social thing and she doesn't. Ah, um, yeah, that is so, an area of because you've got the introvert extrovert dynamic in your relationship. Exactly. So she's been a, so I've I have been become less critical. And she has become yeah more open. Well, and I think that this also, like, the idea of trying to understand where your partner comes from is also under the category of accepting influence, right? Like, mm. I, I want to see where you're coming from, not to agree, but so that we can grow together. Right. <clears throat> okay. True or false? My ideas for solution in the moment, I think that my ideas are much better than my partner's. My ideas for solutions... Or much I don't. Better. I don't think my ideas are better, but I often feel like my ideas are more direct. Like it's going to get the thing done. Uh, my ideas tend to be a quick fix, and her ideas tend to be long term, like more more total fixes. Are you aware of that so, in the moment when you're negotiating that that's the perspective that she's coming from? 
Or are you like... Um, yes, okay, but here's a moment where I often worship at the altar of doubt, because when she <coughs> when she wants to do that long-term fix, I worry that's never going to happen. So, you know, that, that like, this, like, we always, we were, we were talking about it, because we have a problem every time we move, we have the same issue, where I want to get everything unpacked, even if it's not perfect, I want to get everything unpacked and have our life be functional and ready to go and not have boxes in places. And she and wants to go slow and really thoroughly. Exactly. Yeah, but, Mark and I are the same way. Yeah. Ah, who's who? Oh, I'm the you and he's the him, but, well, but I want to finish your butt before I oh. keep. Yeah. Um. Oh, did I say he's the him? Yes, Mark yeah. is the him. I'm he's, the you and he's the Caitlin. He's the Caitlin. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You uh, were going to say, but. Yeah, but. Well, I guess, oh, well, most recently when we moved, um, we went with, and I was like, okay, like, I'm okay with this. And we went with her strategy, and we literally had boxes around forever, and it drove me nuts. And, and I was like, and I, like, we had a come to Jesus moment about it. I was like, enough! This is not the way we move anymore. You've, you had your chance, and you failed! Yeah. <laughs> so that is, so one of the things, okay, I, like, I really want to finish this quiz, but I love that each of yes. these questions are giving us a little conversation. One of the things that's really big with me and Mark is, or a new strategy that we've been trying is letting one person take the lead. And so like, yeah. and then that way we can both just sit back and see if their way is the better way. But it's always with the caveat of us learning together. And that has been like right. a big part of it too. But um, in the moment when Mark, well, I, I am definitely the f- quick fix and he's the long-term solution kind of a, kind of a person. But yeah. in, in the moment, I do think that my way is better. Now, in right now when we're talking, I can see that it isn't, and I can see that from a clear perspective, but in the moment, I think that it does not matter, and I often have been known to try to convince him that my time is the most valuable thing in the world to me, and it doesn't, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, and so, right. and I really do in the moment think that that's better, but if I'm being humble and stepping back and thinking slowly about it, I actually... Value marks me yeah. a lot. It's hard to say, but I do. You know? Yeah. Like, okay. I know. He's unfortunately very wise. So I'm going to go with fault with, with I, I don't false. do that. Yeah. Beca- yes. Because I don't think my, her idea is better. My fear comes from your idea is probably objectively better, but are you actually going to do it? Ah, okay. Okay. So I, if, yes, that makes sense. So if I'm going to have to take the lead, then I want to do then it I need to do way. it my way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so I... Yes, the taking the lead thing is a big, that's a big tip, because with Mark, I often have to say, I want you to take the lead, I want you to get in charge here, so that, that, and I say that basically to myself, so that I can yield and he can step into I like that that a lot. And especially with the caveat, that there there cannot be any criticism, like, I mean, that taking the lead doesn't mean that you're just also going to take all the heat. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that you're sitting back waiting for them to fail. Exactly. Yeah. And so what the taking the lead is, is I'm going to let you take the lead, and if we bump up against something that isn't working, I'll chip in some help, but it will be with your ideas and in support of your ideas. Like, right now, it's your ideas take the lead, not you, I guess, is a good is a good way of thinking about it. Um, okay, right. true or false? I can usually find something to agree with in my partner's positions in the moment. True. I think you can. You're so good at this. Yeah. True or false? My partner is usually too emotional. <laughs> True. Mm. In the moment, is that how you feel? She, yeah, Caitlin has a hard time with conflict and tends to either, like, shut down or get to cry a little bit. And, uh, like, she doesn't, yeah. Does that so scare definitely. you or are you willing to keep moving f- towards? 
No, it doesn't scare me. Yeah, I, I think I think that because it's the it's the double edge of the side that I of her sensitivity that I benefit immensely from. Ah, I think my husband would one hundred percent answer true to this, um, mm-hmm. and I think that he's a, a I cry. I'm a crier, and usually, and I'm I'm okay with crying, y'all. That's fine. I'm okay with crying, and when I'm in the middle of an emotional situation, and even if it's just I'm not doing something right, and I really want to be, even if it's not I'm mad at him or hurt. It's I care, and that inspires tears in me sometimes. Um, I think that it scares. I think that it scares my husband. God bless him. But I also, I also would say that I, I think that I would answer that true too. So that's interesting. I wonder how Caitlin would answer about you. Um, I don't. Know. She just walked in the room. Want me to ask her? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Ask her. Okay. Can you phrase the question again? Um, when you are negotiating something you disagree about, when we're negotiating something that we disagree about. Lauren is usually too emotional for you. I am usually too emotional. I, me. Okay. She said yes at first, and then I pointed to me, and she said no. Oh. So she, you think that you are usually too emotional. Okay. That's interesting. You are the only one that got off the hook in this argument. <laughs> the rest of us are all too emotional, but not you. You keep your cool. I think my fault because, no, here's, here's okay, I have twofold opinions about this. The first is that I dislike the use of the word too. Uh-huh, because that's um, a judgment call. Yes, and my emotion, my fallback emotion is anger. So mm. I, like, and that, and that we don't usually call that, like, if that's probably, you know, maybe that's where Mark, you might think about Mark, too, yeah, is I that do. he responds maybe in anger. Yeah. And so, like, that, for somehow people who respond with anger get off the hook for being quote-unquote emotional, but uh-huh. we're still emotional. Well, It's so just we think about it as being sad and crying. When I used to do batterers intervention groups, um, a lot of the men that I would work with, uh, and I worked with female batterers, but these groups were male groups, and a lot of the men that I would work with would say, she's just so emotional, she just gets so upset all the time. And we would all have this joke about as soon as she makes the cry face, how they would like want to run and hide. And then I, I would always make a point of flipping it on them and say, oh, you're so, you're just too emotional. When she tells you something she doesn't like and you get super furious, you're just way too emotional. Uh And that, so that's why I would say that about Mark is because I, I view, I view emotional dysregulation as emotional. Yeah. But I also don't view, I don't view, I don't necessarily view emotional expression as too emotional, you know? So I I think that we've got, I think that this question is phrased like that on purpose. If somebody believes that their partner is too emotional, then you're not respecting their emotional expression. Unless you think that they're dysregulated, you know? So, and I think, I definitely do get dysregulated sometimes. I do. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a tough one. So we'll go with true because that was your gut instinct. And Caitlin also Mm -hmm. agreed. Um, Last one. I am the one, true or false, I am the one who needs to make the major decisions in this relationship. Who needs to make the major decisions in this relationship. Needs to make the major decisions. I often, I don't know. I think that, I mean, no, false, because that's why you have a spouse. Yeah. To make decisions with. That's what I would say. Um, Okay, so here's your result. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Your score, you got a 16. What does your score mean? If you got, God bless the Gottman influence, if, if, if you got below a 6, don't panic! <laughs> <laughs> Think about accepting your partner's influence as yielding to win, which is an approach in the Japanese martial art of Aikido, where you intentionally yield to someone else's power and presence you f- uh, to find ways to assert your own. Wow, love that. Huh, yeah, I do. I do too. Yeah, a C, the Gottman, y'all, Gottman.com slash blog. 
gold. Between 6 and 12, your relationship could stand some improvement. You're having difficulty accepting influence, and it can cause uh, instability and resentment. Um, And then 12 or above, and this is you. Accepting influence is an area of strength in your relationship. You willingly cede power to your partner, a hallmark of emotionally intelligent relationship. However, remember that, that, that this doesn't mean that you can simply skip skip working on this skill. As with all levels of the sound relationship house, which is a whole Gottman thing that we don't need to get into, consistent attention and effort are required if you want to nurture a stable and healthy bond. So you and Caitlin are good at it. And even though you're not perfect and we can have our ego get in the way right away, I think that... I don't know. Does that feel relieving for you to hear that you're doing a really good job, even though you definitely answered false to some of those? <laughs> yes. I would think um, it so. Makes, it makes me think about the Virginia Beach City Public Schools grading scale. And, like, it's at, at Virginia Beach in elementary level. They don't give, like, they don't give letter grades, A, B, C, D. Uh-huh. They give, um, so it's, like, AP, which is advanced proficiency. And then there's, like, P, um which is proficient, and then I think there's another one, and then there's <laughs> – I don't – clearly I'm not a teacher of record. I don't have to give grades, which is great. <laughs> um, but the lowest one is called DP, which Q will giggle. Everyone uh-huh. gets to giggle at that. But it's develop- developing proficiency. Oh, my God. Is that a porn thing? Because Mark has a celebrity yes. that he really likes called Dan Patrick, and so we're always – he's he's like a sports guy, and we – DP is like a – we're always like, oh, DP said this today. Oh, what's DP up to today? So, gosh, I – Okay, never mind. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of it. Just yep. that when you when you're not good at something, it doesn't mean you can't be good at something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You it have planted mean... the seed, and you have to take care of it. Yes, and, water it. and it's re- a reminder that hopefully, if you have a trusting, loving relationship with your partner, that if you're giving, if they're giving you feedback, that something is an area of growth, or if you are not, or if you're noticing that something is an area of growth. Um, it's a long marriage, <laughs> you know, it's like a it's a marriage and, and thank God we don't have to figure this out alone. Right. If you have the perspective of I'm in this marriage to become my best self and I trust this person as one of the greatest teachers in my life, then like what a lucky circumstance to fail in, you know? Right. And it's not lucky because uh, hopefully it's that. chosen, but it's also kind of lucky because people can suck. Even people that you right? think have chosen appropriately. <laughs> people can suck. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, um, like going to be always thinking about yielding to win. I need to like write that on. I want that on like a placard over my like over my door so that I remember that with Mark, not with everybody, but with Mark, yielding to win is the right choice. So yes, yielding. What to are you win. into this week, my friend? What should we get into? This is something I've been into for a while. Um, but I, I realized I never recommended it on the pod. Um, so there, Sarah Bareilles wrote the music for the musical Waitress, and she actually has an album of her singing all of the songs on, um, from the album, not all of them, but from singing like the major hits, and it's called What's Inside, Songs from Musical Waitress. Even if you're not a musical theater person, if you like Sarah Bareilles, you'll like this album. Um, her voice is gorgeous, and it's so pretty to hear on music that she wrote that is a slight deviation from her normal style, because it is musical theater. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I'm recommending. Listen to that. Also, Never, ever Katie, has there been a more Lauren recommendation. <laughs> classic, it's like Sarah Bareilles and musical, and you, like, put it together. It's Sarah Bareilles, and, and it's, it's Broadway, and it's something you can listen to. <laughs> and it's definitely in your vocal range, so. <laughs> Everyone loves an album um, that's in their vocal range. <laughs> they, yeah, we all do. Um, I also want you to know that I'm a season and a half into American Housewife. Oh, God, do you just love the autos? 
is that I love the autos as a team. I really have some some um, bones to pick with Katie. I don't think she's like you. You don't think so? Maybe that's just no. My I mean, inner I could see like maybe like. Tell me how she's different for me because that is my I, inner monologue. I can see you maybe as like there are pieces of her, but she is. She's got some issues. She oh. gave her teenage daughter lice. She pretended to be pregnant well, I mean, <laughs> to get out of volunteering at her child's school. Well, I mean, look, it's a sitcom, you know? Like, they uh, gotta do it's some crazy, they gotta get into some hijinks. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it, she is just so much more, and, like, I like I like her moments of clarity, uh-huh. but she is so much more self-involved and yeah. than I think of you. Oh, as. well, I love you for saying that. Here's how I think about it. I think about it as, her, like, her, like, um... I don't know, worst impulses, and then, yeah, she's my, that's exactly what I was thinking, but I couldn't remember id or ego, and then I was like, I'm a bad psychology student. Um, Yeah, I feel like she's my id, and then at the end, she becomes more integrated, but I love them as a team, and I love how much she loves Greg, and I love my favorite character on the show, my favorite characters on her show are her incisive and snarky children, not Taylor, but the two, Anna Cat and Oliver. Yeah, and Oliver. Yeah, Oliver's the shit. Oh my god, yes. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so that's still to say it's, y'all, there's a more than one good one-liner in every single episode. Um, my recommendations this week are two, like, sensory things that I'm really digging, uh, because these days I'm really trying to move a lot slower and, like, incorporate more, like, sensory joy in my life. So the first is, um, I'm calling it a sensory joy. In fact, it is really just a cocktail. Um, it is uh, my favorite summer drink that I've been drinking now for three summers in a row, and I just... I, they are they're duly pardoned um my favorite summer drink that i've been drinking for three years now is tito's and lemonade but it has to be the simply lemonade light which i think is such a like bullshit diet culture thing to call it instead they should call all the all other lemonade like lemonade with like heaps of sugar in it um but it's yeah. simply lemonade light and then you put a couple sprigs of mint in it it is my favorite and it has to be Ooh. tito's i don't know why my you know all vodka is the same. If everybody listens yeah, to that Planet Money heard episode, that Planet Money. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's got to be Tito's and Simply Lemonade Light. It is my favorite. My second sensory experience that I am obsessed with is, and you've seen this on my Instagram, Lauren. I got little prisms to hang in my windows, and I and this was a recommendation from Young House Love, the like interior decorating blog, and yeah, the moments in my day where the sun is casting like glittery rainbows all over my kitchen and now my office because god bless my intern at work who who bought me a prism for my office it is every day it brings me joy i feel like a little girl seeing a butterfly when you're like a butterfly like every time i walk in my office and as long as the sun's out which it is a lot there's prison there's rainbows all over my office and it's it literally feels like Rainbows, and I just want to like it, I have to ref- refrain from Instagramming a picture uh, of it every single day. So that makes me so happy. Highly recommend for ten dollars. The level of joy that it will bring you is just like stupid joyful. And then when your dog sits in a sunbeam or in a little rainbow beam and has a little rainbow head, you no no joy can touch head. a little rainbow headed puppy. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. All right, I love you. Right. I think we, I you despite uh, the our spouses coming in and out of our lawns and bedrooms. I think that we spouse. I think we did it. <laughs> I think we spouse. Follow uh, us on Instagram. Ask us questions. Thanks for being patient this week. This episode's coming out a little late. But yeah. We love you anyway. We love y'all. All right. And I love you. All right. Love you too. Bye. Bye.